0: In a world empowered by next generation technologies, the links between systems have become more important than ever. Welcome to The Critical Connection, a limited series podcast where we will talk to some of the most knowledgeable people in the industry in an effort to take a closer look at these vital conduits of power and data. This podcast series is a joint production of Avnet, a leading electronics component distributor, and Amphenol a leading manufacturer of interconnect solutions, along with electronicdesign.com, your source for electronic design and engineering know-how.
1: I'm Alex Paul, your host and editor at large at Electronic Design. Today's electronic solutions are being deployed in more places and being used in more ways than ever before. This, in turn, puts a great deal of pressure on communications infrastructures, which must handle the large amounts of data being moved around the Internet and through the cloud. In this podcast, our experts will discuss some of the considerations when choosing your data infrastructure and how using optical transceivers can address your needs. Today, we're joined by Matteo Sirigliano, field applications engineer at Amphenol, and Corey McMurray, a sales manager at Avnet. We'll discuss the important design considerations in choosing an infrastructure using optical transceivers over a copper-based solution. Welcome to the show, everyone. Glad to have you gentlemen here. Hello, glad to be here. Hello, Alex. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that you're here as well because, well, the industry is going through so much. We're going through a period of interesting growth and semi-disruptive change. In fact, um, Corey, what are the thoughts that you have? Uh, What have you been seeing when it comes to the current state of our communications environment? Interesting is an understatement, Alex. Um, Today with the
2: supply chain, it is uh, having difficulty getting all the products in, in a timely manner, um, as we all see on the news with the automotive industry and so forth. So, um, you know, choosing the right um, product in this day and age is key and finding the right partner is key in the supply chain environment as we are
1: in. Got it. How about you, Mateo? What are you seeing it from your side?
3: Well, I mean, inter- internet traffic alone is growing more than 25% year over year. The number of devices is exploding, uh, portable devices, access points, uh, industrial automation, enterprise networks. Everything must be connected. It changes a lot A lot of data, and the size of those data pa- data packages is also growing a lot. And so you can imagine there is a significant need for an update and ex- expanded infrastructure and this could be a wireless systems connecting uh, mobile phones this could be servers or routers for internet for big data cloud storage but you really need to go through updates very very often much more often than you were doing before well, i can
1: easily imagine that especially when you you know you consider the state of growth the state of change in the industry. Now, Corey, for example, when you think about that, you know, the need for improvement, the need for an expanded infrastructure, do you see that recognition amongst your customer base? Do you think the market recognizes how much it still needs to grow? Most definitely, I think you're seeing now where the design cycles were much shorter,
2: where an engineer might only think six months out, but due to looking at all the demand on data streaming, uh, and the supply chain issues, you know, they're looking out, engineers have to look out a year of what they're going to be coming up with next to, to put out in the marketplace. So they've really got to have the f- know-how
1: to look much further in the future than they have in the past. Well, and and it's all connected, right? Because if you think about it, like Mateo, right. If you think about it, all of that wireless functionality needs a lot of wires. I mean, there's a lot of wiring behind the walls and all of this infrastructure, right? Yeah,
3: Yeah. indeed. And I mean, these wires, uh, we are used to to be copper. And now most of them, they are actually moving to optical connections.
1: Got it. So having said all of that, what are... Why should we migrate to optical transceivers? Um, Corey, are you seeing a recognition that we need to do this, or is it an uphill sell for you? No, most definitely. Um, it's a huge need
2: for people because they're having to go much longer distances uh, than they were in the past. They might even have to go through walls to build, connect buildings together, depending on where their data centers are at, and moving in the cloud. So it's, it's most definitely moving in, in
1: that direction. How about you, Um, Matteo? What are the primary reasons someone should be using the optical transceiver from the technical side?
3: Well, Corey already mentioned the key ones, the speed, the high speed, and the high distance. So these are really the two big drivers for this kind of migration from copper to optics. You actually have a few more items which are very interesting about optics. The first one is it's very light. Uh, so much lighter, the optical cable is much lighter than the copper cable, and it's not sensitive to EMI, and the power consumption of the optical transceivers is most of the time lower than the power consumption of an equivalent copper interface.
1: You know, I find that interesting, Matteo, because when I um, think of an optical connection, I think of two powered transceivers at each end. It, that, that sounds counterintuitive to uh, the, being low, a lower power solution to a, a copper-based connection.
3: Yeah, on the, on the other hand, you need to think about the fact that the optical fiber itself does not consume any power alone, and driving the light through the fiber, it does not consume a lot of power itself. So you still have a lot of design challenges in terms of power consumption, because, mainly because of the electronics you have inside the transceivers not really because of the optical connection itself got it got it so it's so
1: the it's uh, more economical because you don't lose anything over the distance covered
3: yeah and you have i mean the, the attenuation of an optical link is much smaller than the attenuation you can have on a fiber on, on a fiber link and and on, on a copper link sorry so that's the reason why you can go much longer distance right because the attenuation itself is Almost nothing if you compare it to the copper attenuation.
1: Got it, Matteo. So then, um, on that note, let's continue on. You know, on that note, what are some of the design challenges that are involved in implementing an optically based solution over a copper based solution?
3: I, I think the the main one uh, we need to look about is the the increased bandwidth you always need. So you always need to go faster. And this kind of things are done by mainly by increasing the bandwidth of the electronics, but then there is another path and it's about changing the modulation format you are using on the optical side and on the electrical side. So we have been using historically energy on off keying to transmit one symbol per bit. Now we are trending towards other modulation since a few years already. And for example, we use a lot of pump for devices, meaning that we are doubling the capacity without changing the bandwidth. As you can imagine, challenges comes together with that because of the different devices you need to select around the transceiver, signal integrity issues, SNR, which is lower. And so the designer needs to pay much more attention to what he's doing to, make, to, to, do it every, to do everything correctly. And, and another thing you need to talk about, for example, is the power consumption, the temperature range. So power consumption is going higher with the, with the higher bandwidth, the higher speed. And that means also the temperature you are reaching outside the transceiver is going to be higher. You need to pay attention to that, right? Because you are increasing the density, you are increasing the speed of the link. And so power will go high and the temperature will go high and you need to control those things.
1: Got it. So then, um, Corey, when it comes to your clientele implementing these technologies, do they recognize these challenges or are they comfortable that you'll handle them? Well, that's why we have
2: Mateo here with us is because uh, we need someone with his expertise to come in and help us uh, explain to the customer because they don't always know it, right? So they have an idea of what they want, but they might forget, like Mateo said, it's going to get hot in there or and how we're going to cool that down or, you know, what are going to be the challenges? And Mateo can get online and say, hey, here's going to be your issues. And, and um, that's, you know, one of the big
1: things of working together works well. Got it. So then, um, and when we talk about things like fiber, you know, you hear things about fiber scarcity or fiber density or dark fiber and all of what are the actual issues when it comes to the fiber networks themselves that you're hearing at the sales side? well uh what happens on our sales side is basically is an engineer will come to us and say,
2: here's where the problem we're having. Most of the time they're trying to figure out to go to copper from leaving copper and knowing they need to go to fiber optics. So at that point we call Mateo and somebody at Amphenol and bring them into the design cycle to help our engineers that are reaching out to us, uh, answer those questions and, and better suit what will help them
1: get to what their end goal is. Got it. So then, uh, Matteo, if someone did come to you and asked you about that aspect of, uh, you know, fiber availability network, you know, setups, are there currently issues? Or is that a done deal now? Or, or, or is that still an issue that we have to be concerned with? Well, there are
3: always issues because you are trying to increase the number of connections you have, you're trying to increase the bandwidth of those connections, but you can really, you cannot really put infinite fibers underground right so you really need to multiplex and put a lot of signals on the same fiber and this is why we have product lines addressing bidirectional and wdm wavelength division multiplexing multiplexing transceivers because using those transceivers you can just take a significant number of different signals and put all on them all of them together on the same fiber so you are you are really saving fibers And as I say, there are a lot of applications where you cannot really put one more fiber in the link. You just need to put more signals on the same fiber.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. So then when it it comes to all of that and you're implementing your solutions and you're dealing with the clients, in your case, Corey, um, how much of an issue is uh safety how much are they concerned about reliability obviously performance is an issue but are the other aspects something that they don't think about until you bring them up or is it something they come to the table asking about well with the amphenol product it's certified so uh, they have all the quality and the
2: documents to support the engineers as when so when the engineer finishes the product they take it to their manager and with the documentation and say here's amphenol here's all their." quality certs, all their certifications I have, and we feel like it's the best product um, over the competitors most of the time, because Amphenol has all their ducks in a row, so to speak.
1: And so, Mateo, having your ducks in a row is very important, especially when it comes to engineers, I imagine. Are there any specific aspects that you um,
3: are keyed on, or is it across the board, everyone wants all of it? It's across the board, and it's so important that normally my most of my customers they ask for those documents even before getting the first sample out of the factory. You know, if you don't have those documents already, you are not even allowed to ship out the sample. So it, this is how important it is to be to have a compliance, certification, quality, and appropriate testing.
1: Got it. Got it. But then again, I, I hear I hear about custom parts so then you have to step in and customize these parts after the the you know you 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 realize you need xyz transceiver there may still be work to be done on it right
3: yeah that's true that's true and uh, there are i would say easy customization things like labeling relabeling or eprom changing there are more complex customization you can do like firmware more changes of some specific feature you can offer to your customers like squelching or loss of signal um, dc AUC, LOS, those kind of things and i would say the majority of our customers they actually look for standard parts but with a lot of customization i mean as weird as it, it sounds but everybody is looking for those small things which are going to make their products unique
1: Got it. Well, you know, Corey, I gather you hear all of that because you're dealing with the customers directly. Do they do they know what kind of customization they want usually, or is it they're chasing an application or they're chasing a specification that you realize they can only get to with customization? They're chasing a dream. <laughs>
2: uh, most of the
1: time, no,
2: they have an idea. You know, they've got an idea in their head, right? So they they want to do this, and sometimes it's like Mateo said, it's going to take some added firmware. You need, you know, an EPROM needs to be programmed a certain way. So that customization is is right up all's alley. And then uh, once we bring it into Avnet, you know, if we need to do special packaging, special labeling for them on top of it to designate that this is what you asked for here's your dream in a box right so um, we ship it out that way
1: that's a really nice way to put it cory you know um dream in a box that's nice now <clears throat> having said that though cory you hear things all the time about standardization and multi-source doesn't that kind of bump into custom it does it does a lot um, it changes it and it
2: makes the part you know, very unique but. You know, what we tell the customer is, um, with going with a a partner with Amphenol, um, they control their own lines, their own factories. So the supply chain is much um, cleaner and neater and uh, on time with Amphenol than we see with other suppliers. So you are gonna have a product, but your product's gonna be unique. Thus, we go back to the dream scenario. Here's your dream. Um, it's, but it's not going to be standardized. You're not going to be able to jump over to the other guy that easy. Um, but partnering with the two of us will make your life,
1: you know, a little bit better. Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, for example, Mateo, when you think about that whole aspect of, uh, balancing customization with standardization need to potentially
3: multi-source, is it much of a challenge at the technical level? It is a challenge um, in some ways, but it's also an advantage because at least in terms of the interface itself through the fiber and to the host board, those kinds of multi-source agreement actually guarantees that as long as you comply to those standards, you will be fine. So it makes it easier for the designer at the customer hand to make sure the module is gonna work in the system. Because when the interface on the, on the OS board is compliant and our device is certified to be compliant, everything will work by definition. They don't really need to put a lot of design effort in changing things and tweaking things. Got it. Well, you know,
1: it's, what, I, what I'm hearing a lot is working with your clients closely, working with your development partners closely, it really has gotten to be a critical relationship nowadays, right, Corey? I mean, you you, you talk to oh. them directly, um, and obviously you interface between uh, the clients and Amphenol and Abnet. You know, you you're the you're, you're 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 the third baseman. Can someone could say sometimes, right? <laughs> I feel um, like the third base coach sometimes, circling them around the field. You know. So, so to- what what I'm hearing is is that partnerships do matter.
2: It's huge. It's huge. As I said before, I think uh, Amphenol is our number one connector supplier within Avnet. So um, it's key that we have a partner that like Mateo that I can call up and go, hey, this engineer called me and he really needs help on his design. Here's what he's up against. Here's his challenges. Uh, I need your help to go in there and work together with it. And we'll work on the back end and whatever else is needed. And so Mateo and the Amphenol team are happy to jump in get on with the customer, talk to them, make them feel good, right? Make them feel we can get to his, his, his points that he needs and, and, and then come back and, and put it all together in the box, as we talked about. The, the, the dream box. The dream
1: box, <laughs> that's right. So, Matteo, did you have anything to add to that?
3: Yeah, uh, I, I want to highlight once again how important it is to work with a partner like Cabinet for us because of the kind of reach they have in terms of the customer base the diversity, and also the capability to address the supply chain issues we are facing almost every day, right? And Because we can leverage Avenet distribution capabilities. And, and we also have a lot of synergies with other Avnet products. So, I mean, they can just sell the full, um, I would say the full chain to the customer and they can sell our products into that. So it's very, very important to have a partner like Avnet for us.
1: Very cool, gents. So, um, Corey, do you have any final words for us before we let you go? <laughs> no, I appreciate
2: your time today. I want to always thank Amphenol and Matteo and their team for supporting us as well as they
3: do. And it's, it's a pleasure working with them.
1: And how about you, Matteo?
3: Yeah, I just want to say, we know it's a challenge to find good optical transceivers, but optical interfaces are everywhere these days. Everybody wants to get their own product. And if you are really looking for someone to enable you to select it, to design it in the right way, come to us, come to Amphenol, to Avnet, and we will have the right product for you. Very cool, gentlemen.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about optical transceivers. It's a critical application in this uh, very complicated communications world.
3: Thanks to you, bye-bye. Thank you, Alex.
0: Take care, gents. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Critical Connection, a limited series podcast exploring the links that tie together the world of next generation technologies. This series is a joint production of Avnet, a leading electronics component distributor, and Amphenol, a leading manufacturer of Interconnect Solutions, along with electronicdesign.com, your source for electronic design and engineering know-how.